AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And it is time for Sminty Fiction, which is a once a month thing that we do. Uh, so if it's not your thing, I totally get it. Uh, it is continuing. So we are on, I believe, chapter five. I can never, I always get confused because there's a prologue. And then yeah. there, yeah, so who knows? But the we're prologue's all not a chapter, Annie. Silly. <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> Silly. How dare I? I would love to know if anybody's doing uh, NaNoWriMo. I know. I'm getting all the updates and I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Done. So if you d- if you don't know, which I I mentioned it before on here, that's National Novel Writing Month, where you try to write a sixty thousand word novel in a month. Yes. And I've learned people cheat, Samantha. And maybe I'm being naive and innocent, but I was like, oh, people cheat. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. People will pick up their old works. Oh my gosh! I didn't know that. Well, I don't really care, but I was legitimately shocked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to be fair, me, I, like I. I tried to die. I told you I didn't get very far in mine. <laughs> what what was it that stopped you? Was it like the inspiration was gone? It was the timing? Yeah, all of those things. And I am a procrastinator to the max. But like the story, mm. I had a beginning and an end. And then mm-hmm. like, so the buildup was good. And then I got caught up in the middle. Like, what happens here? Yeah. And then I changed some things. And then I was like, oh, mm-hmm. no. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm always interested. I had a friend who we did it together the first time, which is, by the way, where this story comes from, was my first time doing NaNoWriMo. 
Um, and it's going to become especially obvious in the middle because I had that same problem. And I, I will, when we get to those chapters, I'll talk about it because I think it's pretty clear I was just trying to write <laughs> something and get done. But I would do 2,000 words a day. That was my strategy. She did hers in like the last week. And yeah. I, I find that fascinating, like those kind of different uh, strategies. But yeah, it, as this comes out, it's November 30th. So some of you might be scrambling, but I'd love to hear. Oh, yeah. Tell I'd you love tell us to the experience. Yes, please, 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 please. Um, and thanks to everybody who has written in about enjoying these because it is kind of a, I enjoy doing it. Um, and as I've said, I didn't really edit these too much. So I know they've got their their issues, but I, I do enjoy doing it. Uh, we love fiction here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of like a vulnerable and scary, like, what if everyone hates it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I really do appreciate the, who all those who have taken the time to write it and say that you like it, even if it's just like, oh, yeah, I like it. That's, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so content warning. This one, for this one, uh, gun violence, uh, illness, threat of violence and child separation, hunger, crude language, uh, child danger. Discussions around infertility, stigma around sex and illness, lack of agency around your body. So if you haven't heard any of that, you're listening to that like, wow, this seems poorly timed for what's going on right now. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, is, but it, as I said, is it right on time? I've, as I've said, I think some people... It's like how Contagion was like the t- top streaming movie during the early yeah, weeks of the pandemic. I think obviously. for some people, it helps you process. Other people, it really doesn't. And I understand that. <laughs> I don't sometimes blame you. Sometimes you need escape. Sometimes you need to know all of it. Yes, exactly. Uh, so this one is a bit of a longer fiction part. So uh, not too much to say. I'm going to give a quick recap for what's happened. So the global population has been decimated by a virus. The government, along with a religious organization called ARM, A-R-M, uh, determines where the rare child that is born will go. Unwilling to be separated from her child, um, Tilda escaped with her child, Madison, and they have been on the run for six years. Winter approaches and Madison has a worrying cough. Their clothes are thin and their supplies are dwindling. Her heroes found a supermarket with some supplies, but were surprised by enforcers or enforcers of the government um, who have been searching for priority number one, Tilda and her son, Madison. So let's get into it. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Enforcer stood, arms crossed, waiting. Tilda's toes rammed into the front of her shoes as she jerked to a stop, almost crashing to her knees. Madison careened to the asphalt, but almost instantaneously surged back to his feet with a tiny whimper of fear. Tilda turned on her heels to take off back the way they came, but the other enforcer had arrived, blocking their way. He smiled serenely, and Tilda's knees almost gave out from underneath her. Her neck cricked as she whipped her head around, the other approaching behind them. Madison wrapped his arms tightly around her middle, watching the man in front of them with wide eyes. Should we call it in? The one from behind her asked, a pale man, bald, tall, broad, shiny pink sores decorating his face. Tilda thought she could hear excitement lurking in his slow voice. The other, an olive-skinned man with whitish raised bumps on his face, dark hair, more lean in build, smirked at her wildly darting eyes, her only thought escape. The signal out here is too weak. We'll call it in when we get closer to D.C. He fixed his eyes on Tilda. Tilda Noen, you are under arrest for the kidnapping of a child. A half-hearted protest rose to Madison's lips, the tiniest moan of despair. The enforcer's dark eyes rested on the child, intense, almost hungrily taking him in. Tilda hugged him closer, a disconnected hopelessness settling over her like a veil. The enforcer stepped forward to take him, but Madison turned his head and screamed into her side. The man paused, perplexed, his outstretched hand closed into a fist, his jaw ticked. A deep voice from behind them growled, move. He shoved her shoulder blade, propelling them forward so that they were pincered between the two men. Their grim procession led them deeper into the dead town. They passed empty streets and broken windows, shattered street lamps, and moldy mannequins, body parts twisted, hanging out of shop displays. The air was still, 
But Tilda imagined she could hear the muted echo of howling whispering up the deserted streets as they headed into the center of Cleo Springs. A thousand voices silently screaming as their hopes, their futures, were extinguished. Madison started to weep silently, tears seeping into Tilda's jacket. She stroked his hair, half a dozen escape plans springing up in her head and dying just as quickly. She'd failed. For six years, she'd put off the inevitable, but she had failed. The enforcers would take Madison from her, place him with government-approved parents, and send him to armed-sponsored schools to teach him fear and shame and self-loathing. And Tilda, if they didn't execute her outright, she'd rot in prison or be left to starve. But that didn't scare her as much as the thought of never seeing Madison again. Resolve took hold inside her, bolstered by the quiet crying into her side, a talisman against the fear. What about the others? Where are they? The enforcer behind them questioned. Around, the gruff voice in front of them answered. Some of them went back to survey the road and the rest stationed outside of town. Shouldn't we tell them? Search is over. The other glanced over his shoulder at Tilda. She could see the holster and the platinum handle of his government-issued firearm around his waist. No. Tilda thought she could detect a dark humor in his response. Let them sit in place for a bit. We don't need any of them trying to take credit for capturing these two. The other snorted before addressing Tilda mockingly. I have to say I was expecting more theatrics from a priority number one case. Something more dramatic. Please be as entertaining as you like. Tilda ignored him, eyes sliding from side to side, searching for something, for anything, any way out. The man continued, Of course it's only fair that I warn you, we have been authorized to kill you if you cause any trouble. Madison sobbed loudly at that. Tilda soothed him with murmured reassurances, the roots of anger starting to take hold. Not the boy, of course. Him we want alive. We want to harm a hair on his pretty little head. Far from being comforted, Madison wailed even louder. The enforcer laughed while the dark-haired one leading the way tossed a look over his shoulder, expression half wary and half amused. Tilda supposed the crying of a child was a rare thing these days. She wondered if it was a sound these men had ever heard before. A battered black car came into view parked at the corner of what once had been the bustling town square. Now it almost resembled a scale model of an extinct civilization, a way of life that felt quaint and indulgent as it lumbered towards obscurity, a rough beast shuffling unknowingly towards its end. The enforcer glanced around, opening the back passenger door. Get in, he issued coldly. Tilda paused, the look on her face one of a trapped animal about to bolt. The other enforcer moved to stand directly behind her, watching to see what she would do. Slowly, she approached the car, Madison offering the barest resistance at her side. Although he'd never been in a working one before, he knew what getting in would mean. With gentle hands, the enforcers observing her almost scientifically, she guided him into the back seat, his tiny fingers still twisted into the fabric of her shirt, unwilling to let go. She climbed inside after him, the enforcer slamming the door behind her. A click signaled the lock engaging automatically. Madison immediately crawled into her lap, circling his arms around her neck. Tilda took inventory of the back seat, searching for something, but there wasn't anything. The enforcer slid into the front seats on either side, dark-haired on the right while the hairless one got behind the driver's seat. The car eased away from the curb, the engine quiet. The last time Tilda had been in a working vehicle, she had been with her parents. 
She blinked, her eyes burning, gaze drawn to the child in her lap. They drove in silence, Madison shuddering in her grasp. Shining hazel eyes swept over the overgrown fields of grain and plains of wild prairie grass. Purple clouds collided with gray and a pale blue sky as they passed desolate wind farms and the rubble of collapsed solitary barns. And still, Tilda formulated possible escape plans, discarding most of them as impractical or flat out impossible. But the longer they drove, the more her desperation grew. Soon there would be more enforcers and no chance. Madison coughed roughly. The dark-haired enforcer glanced over his shoulder. Is he sick? While his question was not one of concern, his tone was quite serious. Tilda stroked Madison's hair and rubbed his back, not responding, only barely managing to suppress the panic murmuring wildly in the lower depths of her subconscious. The driver drawled condescendingly. Mother of the year here has him out in the cold, wearing rags on a diet of peanut butter and crackers. I'm surprised he's still alive at all. Madison coughed again, flinging up his arm and muffling the sound with his elbow. Have you given him any medication? The patronizing way in which he asked the question rankled, but also succeeded in making Tilda feel small. She shook her head, not trusting her voice. He exhaled sharply. Stop in the next town. Should be Wichita. We can get him something there. His partner disparaged, can't it wait till we get within radio range? It's probably just a cold. I am not taking that chance, the other returned firmly. Sighed in frustration. If that dumb bitch would... Hey, the other cut in angrily. Shut up. A tense silence fell. Signs for Wichita started to pop up on the side of the road. Tilda's thoughts outpaced her understanding of them. Stopping could be an opportunity for them to slip away, but how far could they get now? They still needed supplies. For what must have been the hundredth time she cursed herself for forgetting their packs, all because of a broadcast. The Wichita skyline came into view, shrouded by heavy rain clouds. The car emerged onto the exit and to the right. Cities always appeared more apocalyptic in the scale of their destruction than towns. The devastation more visible, the denser population feeding off each other's hopelessness, fostering it until it could not have been contained and exploded outward, fragments of life destroying the civilization they'd built that would stand long after its creators had faded to dust. They traveled a few miles before spotting a relatively untouched pharmacy. The enforcer guided the car into the parking lot of the stained white building. Let's hope the place hasn't been looted, the driver intoned caustically under his breath, parking right in front of the door. The two men shared a look. You want to run in? I don't know what to get, the olive-skinned man admitted lowly. Do you? Cold medicine? The other one snarked. Yes, but for a child? He hissed under his breath. This stumped his partner momentarily. He huffed. We'll just break a pill in half. The others scoffed and a flurry of hissed communication passed between them. Fine. The bald man ground out. We'll take the woman in with us. And leave me with a hysterical child? The other questioned in disbelief. Well, I'm not staying with him. Fresh tears rolled down Madison's cheeks. Tilda watched frozen, horrified at the idea of being separated. The pale one stated simply, I think it'd be easier if we killed the girl. Madison trembled all over at that declaration and Tilda held him to her tightly. The air snagged in the back of her throat. No. The other refuted vehemently. You read the file, only as a last resort. A furious staring contest ensued. 
All right, the bald and pale one snapped with a sort of jeering humor. Let's all go in. One big, happy family. He surged out of the car, slamming the door behind him. He jerked the handle of the passenger door opposite his prisoners, gesturing with his gun for them to get out. Madison refused to relinquish his hold, so Tilda awkwardly maneuvered them from the car, leaning away from the enforcer to put as much distance as possible between them. She couldn't help but notice he'd left the keys in the ignition. Averting her eyes before he caught her observing this and realizing his mistake, she took wary steps toward the entrance, the other enforcers striding to stand in front of her. The glass pane doors had long been shattered, powdery crushed glass crunched beneath their feet. Inside was dark. Some shelves had toppled, contents spilled to the floor, the only thing holding them up the wall or shelf opposite. A gun jabbed in her back, pushing her towards the rows of cough medicine. Are we expecting her to know what to get? He sneered. I'm assuming this isn't the first time he's gotten sick, the other pointed out, exasperated. And she's young. She probably remembers what her mother got for her. Mutinous muttering was the only response as they turned down the row of cough medicines. The shelving on the right was tilted precariously, leaning onto its counterpart on the left until they met at the far end, an inverted V. Much had been plundered, mulchy cardboard boxes littering the floor and shelves. All that was left was shoved to the back. What if he doesn't have a cold? What if it's something more serious? The dark-haired man spoke up, voicing concern that had been lingering in the back of Tilda's mind. This is just a quick fix, his partner said, tossing a box aside, to make sure things don't escalate. We can get him proper health care in D.C. Tilda knelt down tentatively, examining the bottom shelf. The enforcers allowed it, studying her intently for a moment. I'm going to put you down for a minute, okay? She whispered shakily in Madison's ear, a watery plan forming in her mind. Madison protested with the low mule, drawing the attention of the enforcers. It's going to be okay, she whispered with the most confidence she could summon. Remember? Elephant, elephant, we'll be all right. Madison released her reluctantly, twisting his fingers together, sniffling, red-rimmed eyes brimming with tears. Tilda glanced furtively over her shoulder. The enforcers had moved closer to where the two rows met, not paying much attention to their prisoners, although Tilda was sure if she made a move to stand or to make a run for it, they'd have their guns trained on her in an instant. In what she hoped was a nonchalant manner, she reached the back of the shelf, where she noticed a rusty metal bar held in by loose screws, supporting the structure and keeping it from crashing into the other shelves. Tilda closed her hand around it, tugging at it experimentally. It gave a bit, squeaking. Breath-catching, she shot a look at the two men, tossing aside empty containers and sorting through what little remained, complaining about her and cough medicines and confusing tiny print. Wrapping both hands around the cold metal, bracing herself, Tilda took a deep breath and yanked. The bar pulled free with a metallic groaning shriek. She grabbed Madison around the middle and slid them from underneath the collapsing shelf as it smashed into the enforcers, knocking them into the other unit. Jerking Madison to his feet, she broke into a run, pulling him behind her. Bang. Something fiery ripped through her mid-calf. In the reflection of one of the still-standing windows, she could see a gun leveled close to the floor, the enforcer holding it, struggling to keep it steady while he tried to wriggle free from the metal on top of him. Tilda's knee turned in, almost collapsing entirely, fire eating up her leg. But adrenaline kept her on her feet and she almost ripped the car door off its hinges, opening it, lifting Madison unceremoniously and depositing him in the passenger seat. She hit her hip on the steering wheel with bruising force, but it did nothing to slow her. 
Tilda could see movement inside the pharmacy. She twisted the key so hard it bit into her hand, and for a second she thought it might break off in the ignition. The car cranked, revving as she flooded the engine. Her feet fumbled at the pedals. She hadn't driven in years. Her parents had been in the early stages of teaching her when she discovered she was pregnant. But her body was on autopilot to the point where she almost felt like a spectator trapped in her own skin. Her foot jammed down the brake as she threw the car in drive. Her toes and near-detached sole of her shoe catching for a millisecond as she switched to the accelerator. A bullet tore into the side of the car as it peeled away, and Tilda screamed at Madison to get down, metal shrieking as she careened over the curb and her wide swerve out of the parking lot, back-end fishtailing as she clumsily corrected. For a brief moment, she worried that she was in the wrong lane. She almost laughed aloud in what might have been hysteria. It's not like there were other cars on the road to worry about, she thought, though debris was a real problem. She tore down the exit, almost veering off the road in her haste. Tilda forced her foot to relax and the car to slow, scolding herself fiercely. Her reckless driving could have hurt Madison, killed him even. They were away from the enforcers, for now at least. If she got them killed, it would have all been for nothing. They were going north. Tilda decided inwardly to keep heading this way until she saw a sign for a highway heading west. She wanted to put as much distance as she could between her and Madison and the enforcers. It's okay now, Mouse. Climb back up into the seat. Was that wobbly, breathy sound her voice? Madison obeyed, movements uncoordinated. A wet cough reminded her of what they still faced. Put your seatbelt on, she rasped. It took several tries before Madison could get it to click. There was something surreal, bordering on apocalyptic, about driving away from danger on a disused road, one that once must have been clogged with cars. She felt that they were the last two people on Earth, and they were fleeing a cresting wave of destruction, an explosion wiping out everything behind them and leaving nothingness in its wake. If she looked behind her now, would there be anything there? Or just a swallowing darkness, the end finally come for them? Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And that brings us to the end of this chapter, be it four or five or six um, <laughs> of Terminus. <laughs> of Terminus. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. And yes, uh, it is continuing. So there will be more. I love to hear theories people have sent in. That's great. This also included more action scenes, and I am not great at writing action scenes. Did you have, were there scenes, Samantha, where you're just like, this is not my skill set. <laughs> I can't write. So I'm better at character buildup mm -hmm. than action. So I'm more, my, yeah. my books are more characterized out of that in conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not good at action. I'm definitely not good, as we've discussed before, at any love, like sex scene. I can do the, like, flirting, but I cannot do the sex scene. <laughs> I'm flushing just thinking about it. <laughs> I wish you could go back and you could put some of our uh, euphemisms in. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have <laughs> written sex scenes. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever publish any of those, but, um, <laughs> you know, maybe one day on Sminty Fiction. One day. <laughs> one day. But, yeah, uh, I, I'm enjoying doing this. I'm enjoying hearing from all of you. And it's going to continue. This is, like I said, it's part one of a trilogy. I don't know if we'll do the whole thing, but we'll see. In the meantime, yes, please write in if you did NaNoWriMo or if you just your thoughts about writing in general. Yeah. We would love to hear it. Uh, you can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stephanamomstuff. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. The queen of audio. Thank you. She makes these happen. All, all of you. Um, and thanks to you for listening. Stuff on Never Told You's production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.